It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know what I want? <laughs> I want a Hey guys, <laughs> what could I possibly say? You're joining me after the Raptors lost 119 to 116. I don't think that's pretty good. I don't think that's pretty bad. I don't think that's pretty anything. I think that's just tough, dude. Uh, Kyrie Irving hits a buzzer beater. <laughs> and, you know, it's like a little forearm shiver on Fred, snatch back, gather, and nothing but net. He's one of the greatest shot makers to ever come into the NBA that much was clear during this game. The Raptors had to sell out a significant amount to get a lot of the the stops they were trying to get to make sure that he couldn't finish at the rim. He did a really great job of hitting a lot of tough shots um, off of his own jumper and playmaking. Like when Utah made the three prior to that, that made it 116, that was because three guys converged on Kyrie in the paint. And I don't blame them for that either. The Raptors... We're trying to stop a lot of offensive firepower in this game. Claxton was a beast. Kevin Durant, 28 points, which is ho-hum for him. Kyrie coming in with 32. Utah off the bench with 17 points in 21 minutes. And for the Raptors, their part, I mean, it's a 26-point Scotty game. And Scotty, for all intents and purposes, was the closer. And the Raptors made a great adjustment in how they utilized him in this game. I thought it was fantastic. Fred, second game in a row with 39 points. Pascal continues to struggle, especially relative to his expectations. Relative to his expectations, these games have been poor. You know, he's still a positive out there, but he's not providing that superstar impact that we're expecting from him. That's been a little bit too bad. 17 points, seven boards, and five assists in this one. Ho-hum for sure. Uh, the Raptors is a team. A lot of better team defense, but also a lot of jump shooting on the other end. This is the Raptors Direction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, shout out to Goldfinger Law. And you know why? Because you only pay with them if you win. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. And the Raptors, for what it's worth, they started out this game pretty damn good. You know, 29 points to 19 in the first quarter. They tied them 33-33 in the second quarter. So they go into the second half, up 10. They get torched in the third quarter. They don't hit a single three in the third quarter. They don't hit a single uh, They don't hit a, a single three until, what, like two minutes left in the fourth? And I, I believe they only hit one. It's tough to win the math game, the numbers game, when you're making smaller numbers. And as good as Scotty Barnes was, I think that process was correct. I think that was the right thing to do to play with him. When when they were running Pascal and when they were running Fred, it was like, okay, either KD or Simmons is going to be on Pascal because they're pre-switching to make sure that Simmons is on Fred if they switch that action, all that kind of stuff. So what do they do? They go to Scotty and the Nets 
eventually, you know, there were some possessions with Scotty versus KD, that big dunk of his. Hell yeah, he had two of them in this game. Um, and to see him go at KD and win those possessions offensively, he, he didn't win every single one, but he won two big ones against KD down the stretch. And and on top of that, we're actually seeing, you know, on Kyrie, that, that late finish where he, where, well, not finish because he got blocked by Claxton, but where he got the two free throws to tie the game, got that switch on to Kyrie, went directly to the bucket. The help didn't come over. It came from, it came from the weak side, but it didn't, nobody dug in on the strong side. He just took it to the bucket. Very nice to see. Scotty, very nice to see that the Raptors had that counter to what they were doing most of the game. It's like, hey, if they're not going to dig from the strong side and Scotty gets to go one-on-one with a head of steam, he's going to get downhill. He's going to make plays, and he did. And a credit to him because it was a lot of made plays, shooting a very high percentage as the game went on. I think he started out two for 12, finishes eight for 18. Uh, For the people keeping track at home, that's a six for six stretch. That's a huge deal. The team lost. Yes, they've lost four in a row. Yes. But Scotty Barnes turning the corner, uh, you know, what he had 27 and 10 last game. 26, 3 and 3 in this game. The playmaking, you know, so so in this game. But why would you playmake when you can turn it downhill and teams are going to say, if you can beat our guy, you'll beat our guy? So he said, okay, I'm going to beat these dudes. That was great to see. Um, well done for Scotty. The defense, I, it's tough to say it fell off a cliff because I don't think this was a half-court defense problem in this game. I liked a lot of their compete at the point of attack, sure. Like, we see a couple possessions where Pascal tries to jump Kevin Durant's dribble when you probably should be looking to contain in these situations. Don't don't oversell it. Scotty Barnes with a little bit of that early on in the game, but Scotty Barnes as far as point of attack defense and rotating um, in when he's part of those primary actions. Some stuff was messy at the back end, but... He, this was his best, I think, point of attack game in some time, which makes sense given the people on the other roster. So that was really great to see. But what wasn't good to see was that as good as Fred was in this game, and there was some compete at the point of attack too, same with Malachi, not to the same degree as Fred, but Kyrie got too much of what he wanted. And, and truthfully, what Kyrie wants is to finish at the bucket, to hit jumpers, to do anything on the court at any given time. And we saw possessions where the Raptors, like they step up and they still manage to keep the pass away. Kyrie is like, what, 14, 15 feet away from the bucket, sliding, fading to his left, squaring up, making a bank jumper. I mean, KD, the one time he beat Pascal in isolation, it was like he almost caught the rubber corner of the backboard. He finished the very top with this looping underhand layup that it's just shot making, dude. And the Raptors didn't have the same level of shot making. It was like smash mouth. And that's, you know, Fred to his credit. Like he had 39 points again. He had four threes, but he's still seven of eight from the line. And that means he had 10 shots inside the arc. Quite a few of them directly at the bucket too, not to mention the free throws he drew. Smash mouth basketball from the Raptors. That is, you know, a big part of their team. It's a big part of their ethos. You know, they're, they're plus six on in the turnover differential. They're plus three on the offensive rebounds. Nine extra possessions is a pretty big deal. But I tell you what, that shot making, it's tough to like, oh man, it's tough to bridge that gap in shot making. And fundamentally, no team really can do that against these, against these nets 
KD and Kyrie are unparalleled as far as two guys who are going to come out and hit shots against a wide variety of defensive looks. And the Raptors did change looks throughout the game, and they they did attempt to do different things. Like, they're, they're bringing help from different directions against Kyrie. They changed different primaries on KD, and both of them took it in stride, especially Kyrie as that game went on, really getting to his spots, really continuing to be dangerous and making shots in the comfortable situations and the situations where he's still comfortable, but 99.9% of NBA players, basketball players in the world would be uncomfortable, and he's in his element. And he was as he hit that game winner. Um, I, when I look at this game, I don't, especially down the stretch, I don't think that the wrong toggles were pulled. I don't think that the Raptors went to the wrong things. Pascal's out there. He's struggling offensively. He's not amassing possessions. He moves off ball, tries to offensive rebound, gets a bucket here and there, plays good defense, especially rotationally, tries to help out on the glass, that's fine. You need better from him in the future, but that's not a mistake. He's out there playing. Juancho Hernan Gomez played almost 41 minutes tonight. I thought he was really important. Yes, he got beat in isolation. That's not what you have him there for. You have him there for length and for rotation and to help out on the glass. I think that was the case in this game too. Um, These all make sense as decisions. Malachi, the shot making... You needed it. He hit threes. He plays, what, 28 minutes in this game. That's the right decision. Scotty, Fred, both fantastic. They're they're playmaking down the stretch. You go to Scotty after Fred carried for a large portion of the game. Good decisions. The rotation, it seemed like it was the right calls tonight. The Raptors just got beat, and it was because it's a special game sometimes. These are the games. This one here, the one against Sacramento, against the Sacramento Kings that are Probably going to make the playoffs in the West, I think. The Nets, who have now won five in a row. The Magic, when they lost the Magic, they they won, what, five in a row as well? Like, these teams, when you look at circumstance and you try and say, you know what, maybe things aren't that bad, you can do that. I urge people, when you see these games, maybe take that approach now. Actually, I shouldn't say urge. I don't urge you to do that. Maybe take that approach. It might there might be some wisdom in that. Although, only if the Raptors start winning at some point. You can only well this, well that for so long. I said this last podcast, and perhaps the the one before that. You can only say excuses for so long. But sometimes all-time players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just punch your defense in the face and make it incredibly difficult. And the Raptors made the right decisions on the other end. What was going right in the game? What was going bad in the game? What did they decide to do in lieu of those situations, those circumstances? They played the right way. They did the right thing. They they hit the shots and got to the spots they were capable of getting to and did it often enough, and they lost. And this shooting talent is a big thing in this game down the stretch. Pull-ups, man. It's it's really tough. Uh, so yeah, Scotty, let's talk about what, what made his game work. Fred, sorry, Fred quickly, Fred continues to shift guys at the point of attack, use his steps really well, has been a bit girthier and, and stronger on the inside to bump guys out of lanes while he has a live dribble. And when he's picked up his dribble, I think that's been fantastic. The touch has been really impressive. It's hard as a guy who's 5'11 to finish amongst those trees. He continues to impress. He continues to do that. Um, Scotty Barnes, they went to those ISO, well, 
those static post-ups, let's say. And it went poorly. He didn't play make out of them, really. He had one hockey assist where he made a, a fairly simple read to Coloco. Coloco moved it to Siakam, and Siakam made a bucket. But for the most part, we're not really looking at playmaking out of that play type. We're also, again, a lot of missed shots out of that play type. This was something uh, a lot of people are familiar with the piece I wrote on Scotty last year where in January I had gone through every single game he had played and logged every possession and kind of went by, this is what happened on these types of plays. And in his post-ups, the static post-ups, he was bad. Um, he continues to be bad. What he is good at, though, is bully drives. And a bully drive, for those who don't know, is a drive from above the break that starts out as like an isolation that you turn into a post-up. And that what that does is these are things called post-automatics for defenses and offenses is that when a player is doing a certain thing, you have certain defensive responsibilities. When you do bully drives, you can kind of meld those things together and confuse defenses. And they're typically worse at help side defense when you introduce this element to it. And, and it also, in some cases, means that help is harder to send against a bully drive. So it's a less contested post-up. It's a more true one-on-one -on -one thing, especially if you're Scotty Barnes and the Nets are, for the most part, going to let you try and handle your business one-on-one. -on -one. And you get to be more shifty in a bully drive. He took that second half. He took those opportunities in bully drives, made good on them, looked better. And then the Raptors slowly realized he was eating his matchups alive. He had turned the game around from that 2 of 12 start. And he started getting like pick and roll possessions. You know, put, put the small in the screening situation, Fred, let him get downhill. Scotty has a live dribble. He's got long loping steps and he's finishing really well tonight. He's turned it around. Let him go eat. The man ate. He was fantastic. I cannot speak enough to the quality of his finish. This is that stuff that when people look at that, especially that, that hard dribble, shoulder to chest of Durant as Durant's trying to reach in. Boom. You apply that pressure here. Boom. He goes flying. Durant is no longer in the situation. The strength to have that interaction, gather on the one leg, go up with two hands, finish. Very impressive. That's like bully ball stuff. That's exactly what you want to see. On top of that, a couple nice plays going downhill as well. Uh, you know, th this is stuff we've always wanted to see. Um, maybe most notably, the Coloco went to the free throw line for it. He didn't finish it, but there was a lay down. He made to Coloco. That was a, a no-look pass. Very nice to see from Scotty. Okay, we'll have the Pascal conversation. Pascal is rushing and forcing some of his finishes at the rim. The handle looks a little bit sloppy right now. Um, the smaller guys that are being put on him are getting into that dribble. And as often is the case, teams do gap off of that. So they're very ready to help from the strong side to dig down on Siakam to force the ball out of his hands. Um, but in some cases, after a certain amount of the game, teams are not going to be doing that. And it's because they feel pretty good about corralling him into the help and being like, can he finish over this contested stuff? And also, once he's picked up his dribble, by the time he gets to the rim or where he's going to, can we send a contest anyway and kind of make that a tougher shot? During these past three games where he's, I think he's shot below 40% for three games in a row now and, you know, isn't, isn't getting to the line, isn't dominating like we're used to seeing, a big problem with that is that he has one spot he's trying to get to, and it's too close to the basket to be comfortable doing so. He doesn't have that, that like he hit two shots 
down the down the stretch. One was a putback, one was a fadeaway where he did hit that in between shot, but that hasn't been a, been a huge presence in this game. So teams are not really respecting that. They're really, really playing the drive. Pascal, it looked like in that, um, I guess it was the second Orlando game. It looked like he got bumped, really missed one of those fadeaways. Not that he's injured, just really missed it. He missed two free throws at the free throw line. And then on a roll, I saw him avoid a lot of contact. And I think it was because he didn't want to go to the line because he wasn't feeling good about his jumper. He has been very hesitant to go to that jumper. He took two of them, I believe, or three of them in this past game. Usually he's taking more. Usually he's a, he's using that to leverage his situation offensively. And, and he eventually did get Durant, by the way, that pump fake and then step through. Really, really nice move. But were you seeing a couple, not exactly that move, but just more manipulation in the post? And it's because players have to sit and wait to see if he's going to go into that shot because he does shoot really well from there. He hasn't been lately, though. And that has affected how teams have played him. That's affected how, I guess, um, effective he's been in those situations. And it will continue to affect his game to a very large degree until that comes back because otherwise... It, it just completely saps a, a massive part of what makes him dangerous and what makes his, I guess, playmaking, shot-making in the middle of the floor so potent. And he has to have that be part of his game. And if it isn't, that's a big deal. I do expect that to come back, though. He's had a very, very long stretch of that being part of his game. It's very obviously something he will get back to. It's just not been there. And it sucks that it hasn't been there because if he plays better in this game, if he plays better in that Sacramento game... He is the performance, when we look at him, that is paid to swing these games. He's, he's worth the money, of course. Every player, you earn your money, you do your thing. But Pascal has the max contract, has the cachet, has all that kind of stuff. He is the guy you want to be swinging these games. The same way that Kyrie and KD swung in this one. The same way that Sabonis and Fox found their way to success in Sacramento. That kind of stuff. We're looking for Siakam to do the same thing. He's faltered in these past three games now. That's tough. That's not ideal. But I don't think that's cause for concern. It's just like, damn, at this point in the season, you would have liked the the superstar, the star. I know people police those words. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I'll call him a superstar. That's where you want the superstar to kind of step in and be able to get you over the hump. They are behind the hump still. Four losses in a row, very tough pills to swallow. <sighs> they are now, what well, I believe, 13 and 16. That, that'll put them still in the 10th position in the Eastern Conference. But just things are, I would say things are, the outcomes are bad. The process is trending in the proper direction. I don't know how long you can say that for, though, especially in a four-game losing streak. But... I mean, the process was really, really bad in Orlando. Process was a little bit better in uh, Sacramento. But yeah, the Raptors, they just, oh my God. They don't have enough going for them enough. And when they do a lot of things correct, like they did in this game, like they did against Boston, for example, and they don't get wins, you can say, okay, you lost to a very good team. Brooklyn right now is playing like a very, very good team. 
They have a bunch of incredible performances all over the roster. Boston is currently the best team in the NBA by record. And you could quibble about, you know, whether they are the best or not. They're in the conversation at the very least. You can lose those games and still maintain momentum, positive outlook from the fan base. You can uh, curry favor, all this kind of stuff. You can't do it when you lose to Orlando twice and when you lose to the Kings. You just have to win the games, man. And they're not. And that is that is what makes this so tough. But this game, at least, there's a certain section of the fan base that has been waiting with bated breath to see Scotty flip things around. He's right there. These last two games should be very, very encouraging for anybody who has been hounding Scotty about his play, anybody who has been adjusting their expectations based on this recent run prior to this, his start to the season, whatever. Um, this should be very welcome news for you. And for those who uh, are going to be hounding Pascal, I would urge a similar level of patience because he has been that dude and he has been uh, very, very good you know, great in the past and will continue to be so in the future. Just not in this one. Tough to see, man. They lose to the Nets. I just... Losing too many games. Don't know. I don't know how you get around it. I just, I really don't. Reggie Evans Award, Juancho Hernan Gomez. I think a significant level of compete. Helped out on the glass. Lots of court coverage. Yes, he got cooked sometimes in isolation. But again... We have to be fine with that. He's not supposed to be able to step out on Kyrie and KD and get stops. He's supposed to make good rotations so that um, some of these shots where the Raptors are rotating are harder and so that driving lanes are evaporating as he recovers out, just like everybody else on the team. But he's supposed to do it at a higher level because of his length, his mobility, and his ability to read the floor defensively. Um, that's the game. Tough. Reggie Evans Award. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, top quick reaction comment is from LD. Quote, thought it was a fantastic effort from our team. Probably the best one I've seen live. End quote. Hey, man, you're absolutely right. That was a really good game. It's very difficult. Very tough to... Pascal Siakam talked about this in practice the other day. He said, winning fixes everything because it's... I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Roughly the sentiment he's putting out there is that winning fixes everything. Winning makes everything easy because it's a lot harder to look for the good things and the silver linings when things aren't going correctly. And he's right. But I credit you, LD. I credit the fans who are able to continue to enjoy the product that is put out in front of them, look for the silver linings, continue to enjoy basketball over narrative, and continue to have fun. And uh, man, that's all we can really do. And we can hope that the outcomes catch up to the process while we do that. Um, thanks for tuning in. I've been Samson Folk. Uh, when they got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>